Hi, I'm Rebecca Thompson. I am head of communications policy at Twilio. In order for a company to be successful, it needs to understand opportunities and challenges in every market. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I've uh, been a fan of your podcast for a while, so this is this is quite an honor for me. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, it's definitely an honor to be speaking with you. I think I've, I've had someone on from Twilio on before, so I'm excited to kind of get another angle um, of the company. So this should be really good. But of course, um, and since you've listened to the podcast, you know, I have to start off by asking you, what's an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Yeah, this is part of the reason why I love the podcast so much. And honestly, there are, I'm, I'm very lucky. There are many. Um, there's a few though that have made a real impact, I think on my career. And the first that I, this a little bit a while ago, I can remember I was participating in a spectrum policy meeting, um, with lawyers, economists, and engineers. And as soon as I got into the room, I was like, Oh, I am the only woman here. And I think I'm the only one who noticed it maybe just because where we have a heightened sense of these things, but, you know, nevertheless, I kept on advocating for my company's position. And despite feeling a little, maybe like had I had a little bit of imposter syndrome a little bit, um, you know, when it was all said and done, I felt really good about how the meeting went. And I was proud that I, that I, you know, didn't let my, uh, my, some of my insecurities come through and that the, you know, the dynamics of the meeting didn't impact my ability to effectively advocate. And the last is just personal. I'm a proud mom of two small kids and it's not always easy, but I love how uh, empowered I feel when I'm making a difference, both in my professional life and my personal life. Kind of drawing this conversation out a little bit more, what advice would you give to other women in telecom and technology? Yeah, so I have a quirky answer here, um, so bear with me. Um, Twilio has what's called the Twilio magic, and it is basically a distillation of the company's values and the principles that we stand for, how we, um, how we act and how we interact with each other, and essentially trying to build better relationships, to, which helps build a better, better company. Um, some of those include being an owner or being a builder. Um, those might be self-explanatory, but, um, you know, as a software development company, you can imagine being a builder means we just roll our sleeves up and get things done. Um, but even before I joined Twilio, I, uh, stumbled upon the reserves, 10 things. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, um, that was inspired by a Fox Tato. And so the, the, what drew me to Twilio was that reserve was actually inspired by my own CEO's distillation of the Twilio magic. And so the 10 things are do the thing, share your sandwich, leave the slow clap, share the wheel, start with why, one team, one dream, roll up your sleeves, like being an owner, being a builder, um, don't be shady, go to the source and be a good one. And I know it's a lot, but it really does help, um, help guide me, uh, 
towards being not just a better employee, but also a better manager and a better, um, you know, coworker. Um, and so this little Fox Tato actually is, is a little internet meme. It's their mascot. And, um, it's a combination of a tiny Fox and a potato. And, um, and he basically, his motto is you can do the thing. So anytime you have, I, I think often women feel, I, I mentioned imposter syndrome at the outset. I think oftentimes women feel like nervous or hesitant that they're, or they're not going to be good enough. And so I think this is a long, very long way of me saying, believe in yourself, work hard, give credit where credit is due, show up and be accountable and treat others as, as you want to be treated. And I think the rest of your career, will just kind of fall in place. And I do also, I also have to say, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I know that this isn't going to be seen, but I, here's a little Fox Tato. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. He's so cute. And, and it just, every he's on my desk and I always think, okay. And when I'm doubting myself, I'm like, I can do the thing. And I always offer if anybody wants one, I'm happy to send it to them. I want one. And for those of you who cannot see it, which is everyone, it's, uh, it's mostly looks like a Fox. He's just kind of potato shaped. So, <laughs> that's right. the visual I'm going to draw for you. <laughs> He's very cute. Yeah. That, that's all really interesting. And I, and I do like those 10 things. Like you said, it sounds like a lot, but they're also, <laughs> they're very simple and they're, they almost act more as reminders than they do as like kind of yeah. new ideas, right? They're just like reminding you things that, that make you a, <laughs> a good and enjoyable person <laughs> to so, work with. Exactly. You need, you need those sometimes. <laughs> uh, so that that's really helpful. Um, yes, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked a lot about Twilio, but let's talk some more about it and like what your role is there. Um, and, and why it's so important for, for a company to have a team dedicated to things like policy and global affairs in the current, you know, tech climate. Well, if, if you'll indulge me, I'll, I'll first tell you a little bit about Twilio. Um, so it's the, for those of you who don't know, Twilio is the world's leading enterprise cloud communications and more of more recently cloud engagement company. Um, we power communications of enterprises in order to engage with our customers. Um, so what does that mean? Twilio allows software developers to embed all sorts of communications, voice, text, chat, email, video, whatever you want, WhatsApp, however you want to do it into your desktop and your mobile applications so that you can communicate, that the, the enterprise can communicate more efficiently and more effectively with their customer. Um, we have 10 million developers around the world that have built applications using Twilio. They're creating, it, it essentially works by creating communications building blocks that allows end users to interact with government services and agencies um, to access healthcare, to go to school online, to make a, a bank transaction, um, or to even go see your doctor. Especially during the pandemic, all those things were necessary. Um, and I have to say, I noticed in a recent article that you wrote, um, one of your interviewees said, and I'm paraphrase, paraphrasing this, but digitization trends continue to defy gravity. And it just struck me as truth because Twilio is an, a perfect example of that. So with the help of the pandemic, which I hate to say, because I know so many people suffered, but it really did advance the digital trans transformation 
dramatically. Twilio really grew into one of the widely used customers and great engagement platform, which kind of brings me to my role at Twilio and the importance of global public policy. Um, I said at the outset, I'm the head of communications policy for North America. So I'm responsible for all regulatory, legislative, administrative, and industry communications policies, including things like USF, robocalls, CPNI, customer protection, and numbering resources, just to name a few. Um, and I, like I said, I cover North America. So uh, US is my primary market, but Mexico and Canada are obviously in my portfolio as well. So Twilio is really unique in that it sits at the cross-section of telecom and tech. Uh, my job is to help advance Twilio customers' engagement missions and to help mitigate any risks and to provide product guidance to my, you know, my product teams in both regulated and unregulated environments. So Twilio is a global company with 23 offices around the globe, um, powering communications of more than 180 countries, which is bananas. It's growing so fast. And as I said, the pandemic really revealed how small our world truly is. For example, what happens in Europe can have an, have an impact on Asia, which can have an impact on the US. So if you take privacy and GDPR, Europe much further out ahead on privacy efforts than the US. And while federal legislators were trying to develop some sort of privacy structure, the states sort of filled in that gap. And so it's interesting to think that Europe actually influenced like six or seven state privacy legislation. So despite not having a federal bill, you know, we're still feeling the effects of GDPR. And in order for a company to be successful, it needs to understand opportunities and challenges in every market, whether or not you're a global company. Yeah, I saw a headline. I think it was the New York Times that said globalization isn't going away. It's just changing. And I think uh, that that struck me as, as kind of interesting because with everything going on, it seems like people are, we are wanting to rely less and less on other countries, but that's not really possible. <laughs> it's not, it's not it, we're all impacted by everything going on everywhere else in the world. So yeah, I mean, think about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine right now, and that's having business implications. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And as you just laid out, you and your team spent a lot of time focusing on regulatory issues. I would assume that means you interact a lot with the FCC. So what are some of the issues pertinent to Twilio that you're currently following with the FCC? Sure. There's actually a good bunch. And I think, I don't know if I've named a few already, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself and name them again. Um, certainly anything involving robocalls and robotexts, um, fostering trust in the communications ecosystem is very important to Twilio. Um, my CEO, Jeff Lawson has been said, has said several times that the most important thing we sell in the cloud is trust. And if you pollute the channels over which we are trying to, um, help con enterprises connect with their consumers, it's bad for business. It's bad for our customers because they can't get their calls through and it's bad for the consumers because they don't trust a, how, whether or not to pick up the phone. So, or answer that text message, or even it's the, the person who's telling you who it is. So um, we're tracking and very actively involved in all of those efforts at the FCC. We know that, you know, for robocalls, the FCC has been slowly but surely implementing the trace stack. And as much as we're helping to fight illegal robocalls, we're also 
very focused on working to ensure that wanted and legitimate calls are received. Uh, just as important, right? We don't want to turn the public switch network into a completely unreliable function. Uh, and then in addition, I think this is kind of interesting because it hasn't come out yet. It feels like kind of a the, the worst kept secret, which is that the FCC had circulated an item on robotexts and how to curb what they perceived as an increase in robotext over the past year or two. Um, it hasn't been released yet, but it is on circulation. So we're really anxiously awaiting to see what's in it. Um, but I think just like on robocalls, we're going to lean in and try to help. A couple other issues are USF. Um, we are a interconnected white provider. And as such, we have to contribute to the Universal Service Fund. Twilio really supports all efforts, the FCC and Congress, to help close the digital divide. But the fund's really in trouble because contributions in the fund are shrinking and distributions remain the same and or climbing. So at some point, the fund's going to run out of money. Now, in light of the pandemic and beyond, the support for this program, the, the recipients who get this money, it, just, it's so needed for them to stay connected in their homes, schools, and rural communities. And um, yeah, we just actually recently filed comments just to say to the, you know, we want to ensure a sustainable fund. And um, there are a lot of options out there to do that. One of the most short-term and easy ways is to assess broadband. That isn't always, you know, I think, I think there's, there's consensus around that, but there, there's also some suggestions that perhaps we need to include big tech and other things. Twilio is open to all those suggestions, but something needs to happen pretty fast uh, to sustain the fund. You represent Twilio on the North American Numbering Council. What can you tell me about the company's role in deciding which numbers are to be used and where, and also something I've always been kind of curious about, or like actually haven't really thought about, and that's why it's a question is, can we ever run out of numbers? Like I've had my same phone number since I got my first cell phone when I was in high school. Right. Yeah, so how do we prevent that from happening? And yeah, just what can you tell me about number allocation? Yeah, so uh, I will do what I what I hate when I'm interviewing people, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to ask you a question in response to your question. How do you feel about your phone number? Do you feel connected to it? Like it's kind of a part of who you are? You know, it's interesting you say that because I bet the answer for most people is yes. Okay. My, and I do, but my number is weird because I got it when I lived in California as a child, but I'm actually from New York City. And so it okay. always, it, it always feels like, um, an incorrect identity for me. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I have yeah. a California phone number because I just happened to be where I got my cell phone. I lived there for a few years as a, when I was younger. And so I bet for most people, it really does feel that way. But for me, it kind of feels like a slight yeah, like, like misidentification. Maybe. And my, yeah, so, but I don't want that to take- Always change it to the new area code. Because I know most people feel incredibly connected to their number because when people yeah. have had to change it, they get very upset. <laughs> yes. And so this is always a great question because you're not alone. So many people don't understand this. Our customers don't understand it and they are using the phone numbers. Um, so no reason to be surprised about any of that. And in the US at least, um, this is kind of what I was getting at. We hold our phone numbers as if we owned them. We even covet the area codes that, that you know, just to your point that we'd want them in. And I love the Seinfeld episode where Elaine is given 
a 646 number instead of a 212 number in New York. It just, it, it, it exemplifies how people feel so strongly about their phone numbers. Um, but the thing is, we don't own these phone numbers. They are, in fact, phone numbers are considered across the globe national resources. And you have to get them from, you know, allocating entities. I have sat on the North, on the North American Numbering Council for Twilio for, I think, four years, or three and a half years, because I've been there, uh, three and a half years. But I also was on the council in my prior job. And in my time working with the council, they have actually, yeah, dealt with um, number exhaust and they have to do things like number pooling or number reclamation. Um, usually that doesn't involve a consumer like you. It could involve more of an enterprise like Twilio who's using a lot of phone numbers. Um, and yeah, the I'm trying to think of some of the other things. There's since I've been on the council. With, for Twilio, they're actually came out with really good um, know your customer efforts in order to, you know, help prevent robocalls and robotexts. And it was the first time we'd ever seen a body come out with actual KYC recommendations, which was super helpful. Um, and then, like I said, there's also number resource issues like pooling and area code relief. We go through this quite a bit. Um, and it's just really important to Twilio that we don't run out of phone numbers because it is how we serve our customers. I have a question and this could yeah. be totally not related, but I remember before when you didn't need to put in an area code when dialing yeah. number, is that in any way related to number allocation or is that more about networks and how networks were like evolving? It's actually a good question. I think it's both. Um, the It's certainly because number exhaust was happening really fast. And so they were like, well, if we add three more digits, we're going to get a little bit, you know, there'll be more, more inventory. Yeah. There's also this thing called, like, I, I, don't know, I think you said it earlier, number portability, where you can take your phone number wherever you go. Mm -hmm. um, that's not completely true. Because if your carrier doesn't have numbering resources in the jurisdiction in which you want to live, then you're not going to be able to port that number. So it is, a, and it's a, it's a network function. It's because the, the network was set up to only have certain regions. And unless you were a national carrier, you didn't have access to all those regions because of concerns over number exhaust and, and re resource allocation. So I think the answer is a little bit of both. Yeah, I just remember that, like as a as a kid, I had learned my phone number, and then I remember having to learn my area code, like after after I had memorized my phone number. I have had the same phone number since I very first signed up for a mobile for mobile service, so yeah. I do feel very connected to my phone number. No, I get it, and I think what's extra weird, annoying about mine is so I have a uh, California area code, but then the first three digits of my actual phone number after that are 212 and I'm from New York city. So people often think I have messed up my phone number yeah. when I tell them what it is. <laughs> so actually, like, it must be 212405 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Know. So it's very annoying. Yeah. I mean, either way, I think to your point, our phone number, we tie to our identity, whether or not we, we feel strongly about it and don't want it to change or whatever, either way, we like associate it with ourselves. 
Well, Rebecca, this has been great. So thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thank you. It's fun. Well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.